interact with those around us. I was having a conversation with someone uh, just before we came up, and we were discussing all sorts of wonderful things, and the question came was, or the, the statement was made of it's interesting where our information comes from. And I forgot to mention in our bulletin, you see that we're doing a series called Why Easter? This series isn't just for you. This series is for you to bring friends that may wonder what the big deal is, that may wonder why the world is the way it is, and we get the chance to provide some answers and some hope in these dark times. Next week, we kick off the series with, are things really as bad as it looks like they are, or as many of the newspapers tell us they are? Well, it's all a matter of perspective and how you see things. Through the lens of Jesus Christ, there is tremendous hope. Without Jesus Christ, there is no hope. So please, don't just come and enjoy another Easter series because it's Easter time and it's Lent and all that stuff. But find people to bring. Find ways to connect with others and invite them in and invite them to ask questions and see how we can get involved. Years ago, uh, right when I was kind of new to how things were going at the church, Alliance Global Serve had this uh, young lady come over named Joyce, and she shared a little bit with our church, and I got to meet her very briefly in and out. I can't even remember all that was going on. But years have gone by, and we've gotten to see how God has used uh, the Samatus uh, to begin and thrive in Congo through the work of New Sight Congo and what that has done. And AIC has been, been able to be a part of that. And I'm going to give you the history of AIC. She can, they can tell you the rest. But real briefly, we've been invited to be, above all, their prayer support, their hopefully pastoral care, sometimes their IT support, thanks to Victor and a few others. But we've also been able to walk around them. We may not be the church that can give them the most money, but we can certainly be the church that prays for them daily, that supports them, that lets them know they are loved and we believe that God is using them in mighty ways and we are standing with them. So as you hear from Henri and as you hear from Joyce, keep that in mind. They are family. They're part of the AIC family and we are so thankful for them and thankful for that work. And then consider, oh, sorry, already? I'll keep talking while she get, collects herself. But also, consider doing something. We're going to do a series later on this summer called Awesome Faith, doing great things for a mighty God because of what he's called us to and led us onward. Who knows? Maybe you could be like others in our church that go down to Congo and find ways to serve. We would love that, and we would love to send you and bless you. With that, please warmly welcome Joyce and Henri Samatu. Uh, I'm going to have you both come up. Okay. Come on up. We're going to pray for you, and then I'm going to turn it over. Uh, thank you so much for making time. They have non been nonstop since they hit the ground. It's amazing, and they've made time for us at AIC. So thank you for making time. We love you. We're proud of you, and we're proud to walk with you. And I'm going to pray, Lord, thank you so much for the Samatus. Thank you for their vision for you, and that part of that vision is giving sight to those that need it. Lord, we ask that you would bless them, that you would provide miraculously for all of their needs. We know uh, the education of their kids is a big deal. Please, Lord, work in that. Please give them strength and endurance for this next stage of life and transition and what that might look like as we're about to hear. But God, above all, please, Lord, grant them great peace knowing that you have your hands lovingly wrapped around them and you are carrying them forward and you will never leave them nor forsake them. 
Lord, we trust you. Thank you that we get to be part of this with them. Thank you for New Sight and for how you were at work. Amen. Morning. Because oh. um, I get really emotional. <laughs> and uh, especially this is, this is really my home. This is my home church. This is where I grew up, went to Sunday school, was accepted to Christ, became baptized. So this is family time. Uh, so it's just extra exciting for us. So thank you for making time for us. Um, like Pastor Mike said, the support you've given us really is priceless. Uh, obviously, we do need finances to get the project going, but much more than that is your prayer support and your love, because I can tell you that um, the money God can come out of fish through the window, but I, we can't get prayer anywhere else, and so it is really priceless what you're doing uh, for us. Um, and before I forget, because I will get emotional that I'll forget, we would love to hear from you. So we have our brochure and leaflet at the back. Um, uh, and please do stay because we'd rather find out more about you really than hear ourselves talk. Um, and uh, it's just, we've just been chatting to some of you. It's lovely to finally meet Pastor Stan face to face and just to hear all the really exciting things that's happening here uh, in AIC. And so we want to uh, um, just... Um, just want to say what we're just so thrilled to be connected with you, even though we're usually miles apart. So some of you uh, don't know me at all. Some of you have never met me or Henri. So we thought we'd just start with telling you a little bit about ourselves. Is this on? Oh, do I have to turn it? Oh, sorry. Okay, thank you. So um, actually, um, we, we do come with normally with three. Uh, here they are. So Henri's going to tell you a little bit. Um, start with. Well, um, I would just say one more time, Josan. <laughs> That's our language. Good morning. Language. Yeah. Okay, um, here uh, uh, is our family. Uh, on uh, um, on the left is Sharissa. She's uh, 11 now, and uh, down, 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 down here is Karis. Uh, she's six. And uh, on the um, right hand is uh, Ezra, and Ezra is um, eight. <laughs> That's why I put it up there. <laughs> and um, over there is me, um, Henri, and uh, Joyce, you know better. Yeah, and uh, we are normally our roots come from... Gabon, Hong Kong, and England. Where and our children are right now. Everybody's yeah. asking us, where are the children? They're not locked up somewhere. <laughs> yeah, on the way to England, um, because we were passing by oh. yeah. uh, to Hong Kong, and um, we had just this grace uh, from God uh, yeah. that they had been offered a place to, to go to school. Uh, for five weeks. For five weeks, and it's free. Yeah. It is a private school, really, yeah. we thank God um, yeah. They for really that went out of their way to accommodate them because yeah. normally they're um, homeschooled. And I was hoping that um, they will grow by be having children being mean to them. <laughs> I wanted them not to be picked for teams and stuff. But then apparently everybody's really nice. So. Yeah. 
Uh, I don't know you, you, if you know me. Uh, I'm sure you know me. <laughs> but I will just uh, tell you a little bit uh, where I'm from, if uh, you don't mind. Um, I'm originally from um, Gabon, and um, I grew up in a little tiny, tiny, tiny village. And uh, I'm from a family of, uh, you can see, the village. Uh, that's the, the only house left there. <laughs> <laughs> because everybody has immigrated to the big town. So I used to live there, and I would go to school every morning uh, for seven kilometers by road. Yeah, no I would, shoes. No shoes. Just go there in the morning. And when it rains all the time, the teacher will just um, ask all the children to go because the road was very dangerous, very close trees. And when you go, the trees might, you know, fell on the floor. You don't have... A, anywhere to pass, so you have to try to go under the trees. <laughs> and um, I grew up there. And normally I'm from a family of 12 children. Yeah. And by the time I was born, all my siblings have died. So, and it was very, very hard for my family. They were very, very sad. And um, they decided to give me... Uh, not to give me the name of my father, the surname of my father. Instead, they give me the name Samutu, which means I don't know if uh, someone no, no will, one speaks, no one speaks my Pongo. So <laughs> Samutu means no hope. So, um, and, uh, and my mom passed away when I was four years old. And uh, I was growing with my dad. And then one day, um, he had an injury. Because in that village, we didn't have medical care. So he went to see uh, um, the, the traditionalist. So they started putting drops, the traditional drops in the eye. So, and then they treated both eyes. And my dad became blind. Both eyes. And then uh, that's when I start, decided to do ophthalmology. So I thought I would be able to help my dad to see again. But by the time I finished my, my training, he was blind. I couldn't do anything. And I was very, very upset. And then uh, my dad said, don't worry, I'm happy. Just do what you can to help all the blind people so they will be able to see their children. They won't miss to see them. So they will be able to see them. And also, um, you know, uh, that will help those people. So I didn't have a, a chance to see my grandchildren. I didn't have a chance to see my daughter-in-law. But, yeah, just do what you can to help. And then I was working in the hospital, and this is where I met Joyce for the first time. Okay. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to take the story from here. So, like I said, this is where I grew up um, in Hong Kong, ordinary girl, and all the children... Do you have a dream? Because when I was little, I dreamt of Africa. I thought everybody dreamt of Africa. I thought it was normal. So, if you have a dream, don't ignore it. Maybe God's already working in your heart. So, I'm going to tell you a very non-Chinese thing. I was a pretty good student. And I'm telling you that because I didn't realize it at the time, but if you work really hard, and everything that you've been given the opportunity to do, you can do more for God when you're older. 
If I had not studied hard enough, I would not have gotten a place to medical school to become a doctor. So embrace all the opportunities that you get because God might also be working in that through you. Now, I have this thing that some people here know pretty well. I get terrible stage fright. Like as in, I, I, I had to go to the bathroom just before coming here. And when I was little, um, my school made me do all these speech festival things and drama. And yeah, we can put this away actually because I'm very clumsy and I'll knock them over. Um, and when, I was, when they used to make me do these drama debating things, and I was terrified of it, like really, really terrified. The makeup artist always said, have you vomited yet? Vomit first and I'll put the makeup on. <laughs> but kids, listen, when you're scared of doing something, just do it anyway. Because now, for us to do part, apart from being, we have to go speak to people like this. So imagine if, we are, if I had to start going on stage now rather than 41 years ago. So when you're scared, just do it anyway because it will get better a little bit. So like Henri said, we met in a rainforest in Gabon because I decided, yes, I'm going to go see it to Africa to see if this is what God wanted me to do. And I thought the missionaries there were amazing. But then I was really sad. I was really sad because I thought, well, I'm really a spoiled child and I'm, I don't like sweating and I like 21st century living. I want everything right now. And I don't like being flexible. I hate adventures. So I thought I can never do that. So I actually wrote seven reasons. Some of you do write a, a journal. I wrote seven reasons why I should never be and should never be allowed to be a missionary. And, but one day I was walking up and down the street and I realized that God really wanted me to go. So I wrote on my next page of the journal, Lose Your Life. And it was the next day that I went back to the hospital and met this really handsome man. Guess who it was? And I thank God for the timing because if I met Henri first and then decided to go to Africa, I would, he would be a very poor man because I would blame him every single day for taking me to Africa. So God took the blame. So, like he said, we went back to Gabon where we um, developed a non-profit I a center and we planted a church um, and we're so pleased that they became self-sustainable and it continues to help over 6,000 patients a year and I tell you that because we're so proud of the people that we train I just want to encourage all of us it's just such a joy when people you had a hand in the journey and they do it better than you do it's just the biggest thrill so now we get to the real exciting bit we're going to the Congo jungle now, this church has enabled us to get a car, a 4x4 car. And when you're driving where we live, the roads are, well, Henri calls them roads. I don't think they're roads because they're so bumpy, they might as well not be roads. So kids, I want you, I'm giving you permission to fidget, okay? So whenever you feel like you need to fidget, you can pretend you're on the road, okay? And whenever you hear me talk about the car, you can go beep, beep. So you can, you're allowed to make sounds, is that okay? So now, first of all, where on earth is Congo? Does anyone know? Any kids? Can you shout out for me? Which continent? Yes, very good. So it's right here on the equator. So do you think it's cold or hot? Hot is not the word. Unbearably hot is the word. So we live in a 
place called Infonda, right up in the north. And for you, us to get to Infonda, we have to go from Brazzaville to Infonda. And there are no roads. So we have to take a plane because otherwise you take a boat, which takes three weeks with no bathroom. So not advisable. Um, we, but even if we have a plane ticket, doesn't mean you will fly. <laughs> so when we first got there, it took us 19 days to actually get on a plane. And our luggage, they wouldn't even our normal you know, allowance, they wouldn't let us take anything. And I cried. <laughs> I said, you don't. And then they said, okay, mad woman, give her one. So, we, <laughs> so they allowed us to take one piece of luggage. But our son learned something really important. So from now on, because we never know, they, they, they always say, when are you flying? They're like, Thursday, if we fly. Like, they just know it might not happen. So this is the lesson. So he said, mommy, if in the, we're stuck in the capital. And he said, mommy, if today, if we fly, great. But if we don't, we get to stay in the capital and eat chicken and ice cream, which we don't have where we live. And he said, if the luggage makes it, great. But if it doesn't, then we don't have to unpack and we can play all day. So whatever happens... It can always, some good can always come out of it. So we literally live in the rainforest. It's quite surreal, really. This big rainforest in the middle, and there's that. So I thought the kids might enjoy seeing how these people get their fruits. So these are pygmy uh, men, and they climb bare hands, no harness, parents look away. So it literally is the jungle. Now, when we're in the jungle, you sometimes have to walk like this. So I am scaredy cat. <laughs> so my kids always, I'm like, kids, nobody walks here. <laughs> the, kids, the kids shouldn't walk, but actually I don't want to walk. <laughs> but God helps us overcome our fear. Now there are other things that I am scared of. Do you, can you see what it is, kids? you know what it is? It's actually not a snake. It's the skin of the snake, which means there is a snake somewhere in our garden, <laughs> which is worse other things, tarantulas and the rats who eat our generators and we don't have electricity. Do you know what this picture is of? We have to sift our flour to get the bugs out. But our kids said, don't worry about me, mommy, it's protein. <laughs> if you buy honey, it doesn't come in a jar, it comes from the tree and we have to sift it as well. But I would say of all the bugs that the most annoying thing is the mosquito. Because they are so small, but they can cause such havocs. So I have shared this before, but I thought it was so good. I just have to share it again. So this was our oldest daughter when she was six. So she wrote, Dear God, I want to go back to England and Hong Kong for several reasons. <laughs> Lawyer in the making. First, I miss it there, and I really want to live there, God. Second, I don't like it in Congo because there are mosquitoes, and they make me have scars. And finally, I have friends, uh, and I think something, sorry, I need my eyes checked. And something, school. Um, I miss school. And the teachers, in Jesus' name, amen. P.S., but I will go where you want me to go because I trust in you. He's, she's six when she wrote it. And that's always just reminded me that we can really trust God because he knows better. And our children have found such joy helping us pack medicine, build we mud houses, perfect excuse to get dirty, um, and there's Charissa, who, uh, one of the visitors came and she learned to sew the curtains for the wards. Um, and it's just such a joy to be able to help people see, uh, both physically and spiritually. 
Our calling comes from Luke 10, 9 that says, heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God is near you. We are passionate about helping people see physically and also um, spiritually. Now, this is Nadine, who, who was nine years old. She hurt her eye because she was playing with her brother and a piece of metal hit her eye. She went to the traditionalist who put sugar in her eye. Finally, she found the finances to go to a local hospital, but they didn't really do much for her. By the time she came to our hospital, she was on death's door because it was going to go in the brain. And we put out a prayer request, and today she's alive. Her sight is completely restored, and we're just so thankful. This little girl, her job in life, do you guys have job in life? Anyone who's two years old? Her job in life is that she is going to be the helper for her grandfather to go to the bathroom. Who, because he was blind, and she, but we were able to operate on him, and today uh, he can see, so she is allowed to continue to go to, like she, when she's older, she can go to school. So a lot of children, they're not allowed to go to school either because they're ill, or they're blind, or they have to stay home to look after their blind ones. So I thought I'll just show you a little clip of what, so you know how much fun they have. Just like you, they have fun and do all sorts of things. So it, apart from school, we have Sunday school and we have a lot of fun. I just wanted to show you all these because I just think it's nice to see our kids. So this is Sunday school. to disciple some uh, people through Alpha Course and, you know, I'm baptizing them. And um, there was one Sunday where it was Christmas Sunday. I was feeling really sorry for myself because I haven't been home for Christmas for 16 years. I went with quite a bitter heart <laughs> to the church. Um, but that Sunday when Henri gave the altar call, the whole church like lifted their hands up. There's like a hundred people. And I just share that with you to show you like it really is not because of us. But it's in spite of us. When God wants to do something, he will do it. And with all this, to go into this church, it's because we have the car that you helped us buy. So you can make hoing hoing sound. So here's a little bit of the church. <laughs> Our kids also help us in church. I just 
showing all this because kids, you can do so much. So um, they help with the singing and serving water, doing furniture. And sometimes we give gifts um, to um, like a giveaway thing, like Samaritan's Purse. When you know, do you guys do it? The Christmas shoe boxes. And one time, our, when we go, we have to pack like all our toiletries. And I've, to my shock horror, I found out that our uh, children's toothpaste were invaded by bugs and ants. So you can't sift those. So <laughs> finally, um, Karis got a toothpaste in her shoebox. So God knew all those months ago, God's really provision is really amazing. Because where we are, there really is hardly anything we can buy. I can tell you exactly what you can buy there. You can list it in an Excel sheet, 49 items. This is our Giordano. Kids, no, nobody has. If they can buy a second-hand clothes, it's an amazing thing. Like, no one gets, like, new, brand-new clothes. Uh, McDonald's with crocodile for the menu. Um, life is hard, you know? They have to draw water from afar, and they carry things everywhere. And people are so poor. Half the people live on less than one U.S. dollar a day. So they're... You know, there's just nothing there, really. It's, it, life is really hard. So we use solar panels, and we have to hand wash our clothes, and, you know, our electricity is limited, but we can never complain compared to our neighbors who struggle to even find something to eat. Um, I, you have to kind of see it to feel it. And if you don't see it, you won't feel it, I don't think. I think it's hard to imagine. But when you see someone in need, God touches you. So I would encourage all of us just not to sh be so busy with ourselves, that we just take time to actually see the needs around us. So talking about hot water and electricity, there was one time we were traveling on the road using the car. Hoink, hoink. <laughs> beep, beep. There's water. And we've been on the road the whole day, and we got to this place and looked for a place to, to stay, and we looked everywhere. There was, you know, all of them. They call it toilet a la Africa. <laughs> which means, like, it's outside. We thought, oh, the kids are going to get lost. They're going to fall into potholes, and they might fall in the toilet at night. We just thought, we can't stay here. And finally, we found a place to stay, um, and Sharissa then said, she said, she said, you know what, Mommy? I really couldn't bear the thought of staying somewhere really horrible after that long journey. So I prayed, and I asked God, God, I would love a place of electricity and water. And then she said, and mommy, look what God's given us. Because we found this place with electricity and water. And not just water, but hot water. Because normally we use buckets and cold water. And she said, and look, mommy, they even put a picture of a horse for me. Um, and God must have asked them to do that because she loves horses. God just answers our prayers. Or you think, well, what's, what's the ambulance doing here? Our daughter was uh, sick. She was wheezing. She needed oxygen. But we didn't, our oxygen machine was broken. And for us to get apart from the States is just so complicated. And we were waiting for it. But she needed the oxygen there and there, or she might not have lived. But the ambulance that was shipped in the container from the States arrived that week. And inside, we found a tiny tank of oxygen. So God just knew even months before that our daughter would need that oxygen. Now, this one, this is our Chinese chunhub. I don't know what it is in English. You know the sweetie thing? So we made it, and we put in a tiny little chocolate bar that a visitor brought us like months before. We kept it for Chinese New Year. And Karis took one hour, 20 minutes to eat it because she just loved it so much. She smelled it. She, 
you know, lectured and she smiled and she just enjoyed the whole process. I thought there must be something really special about that chocolate bar. It must be different from all the other chocolate bar. But I just thought, wow, you know, if we learn to treasure things and be content, that is actually more, you know, we can have the same thing. But how we take it, it just makes all the difference. Okay, we, have, we might not have a lot, but we have fun. So here's Ezra. Ezra, look at you. <laughs> so wait, this is our playground. Now, here's another fun one. Okay, guess what? They often, we find something like, we have unknown parcels coming. What, kids, what do you think might be in that bag? The guard brought it to us. Give you a clue, it moves. No, not snake. It's a chicken. So, this, I actually prefer it when it comes like this. Usually our patients bring it and they hold it by the neck and it's alive and they say, Doctor! And I'm like, I'm from Hong Kong. <laughs> and then Ezra said, oh, mummy. So we are, right now we have 14 chickens, six ducks, and a goat called Ramsey. <laughs> the goat was, supposed, was given by a patient. They're all given by patients. The patient wanted to eat it. But you know, once it has a name, you can't eat it really. <laughs> and that was, a, can you see it? The, the birthday present made from, this is like flip-flops, old flip-flops. His friend Enoch made it for him with a sardine can. Can you see it? It's a car. Um, yeah. And then like we do Olympics, so we use old Coke cans. Um, and then we put, um, this is our Olympics. So this is our sports day. So I just want to show the kids that even though we might not have a lot, we always have fun. So here it is. This morning, all the kids, the whole village, had conjunctivitis. So Henri went there, and we actually discovered it by chance. So we gave the medicine, showed the headmaster how to do it. And he had to go and um, help all of them. Can you hear a lady at the back? Can you hear her? So she's running up and down the forest, telling to people, help is here, help is here, come here, help. So all this we're able to do because of the car. Oink, oink. So, over, so I, I show this script to show you we had so much fun, no matter how challenging the things are. They're ill, you know, with their eye. You, you know, people say, you, you'll see it on our Facebook. Everybody goes thumb up. And they, if you look closely, all their eyes are like red and tearing. And so I said the thing that the doctor automatically says, well, remember to wash your hands with soap and, you know, no towel contamination. And I was like, duh, they don't have any soap. Duh, they don't have any clean water. So the challenges are really great. Um, there are all sorts of challenges come all sorts of way, like this across Ebola, across the river. We were, like I told you, I'm scaredy cat, but that time I was really scared. And I did, we didn't know what to do with the three kids. But then God showed us that we're always going to have voices, and one of them is fear. And it's okay to flee because Jesus fled when he was a baby. 
But we're like, we're not going to let fear dictate what we have to do. We're not going to let fear. We're not going to let money. The only voice that has a voice in our life is God's voice. When that happened, um, Henri's father passed away on, actually that was the day he was uh, leaving. He just left at the airport. We dropped him off the airport. On our way home, we were stopped and said, you can't go home because a riot's right outside your house. This is our garden gate. Um, and so finally, when we were able to go home, and I remember vividly, sh- like, shivering, because Henri's not there. Like, Henri's my rock. Um, and I remember shivering and looking with the three kids, trying not to convey the fear to them, and thinking, where can I hide if a bullet comes through the window? Um, but God's grace, like we sang, is really enough. Even a spoiled brat, scaredy cat, um, God helped us through. The one that really scares me more than anything is when Henri has to go screening, um, or as Karis calls it, happy screaming, daddy. That's what she says, but screening means going to the village and identifying patients with problems, either treating them there and there or bringing them back. And we do health education. We tell them the good news of Jesus at the same time. Um, so when he goes, it's on those non-existent rows on the car. Very good. So you're getting it. Um, but there's no phone signals. Because the roads look like that. Can you see it? And then the, this is on redoing highway maintenance. Our kids call it the keyboard bridge because it moves along <laughs> when, we, when we go on it. But every time, God protects us and he looks after us. So this is just, I'm just going to end because I know we're out of time. But we have so many stories. I always feel like, you know, in the Gospel of John, you know, if everything was written about what God's done. The whole earth will not have enough room. We'll have story after story after story. But I will just, we just want to share with you a little video about what God's doing right now. For about, because of all those Ebola, you know, parents, Henri's father passing away and, you know, being ill and all those things, I felt like I couldn't possibly do anything more. I said, God, that's it. Like, we're doing great. We're happy, but that's it. If you add so much as a teaspoon on my life, I would burst. I would tip over. Or like, it's like a suitcase. If you <laughs> try to put more things in, it's just going to burst open. Um, but then God worked in our hearts and I realized, you know, if the project, if the next expansions phase is going to be 100 Hong Kong dollars, we're still going to need God. If it's going to be 1 million Hong Kong dollars, we're going to still need God. Whatever that amount is, if God wants to do something, he will do it. So here's the, a little video um, just to show you um, what we're doing next. In 2012, Joyce and Henri Sumitu founded the Chattanooga site and uprooted their family from the UK to Mfondo in the rural north of the Republic of Congo to pioneer the area's first eye surgical center. Four in five people who are blind or visually impaired are suffering needlessly because we can prevent or treat the eye problem. That is why we are here, to help people see. When sight is restored, lives are transformed, literally, instantly, completely. Not just for the patients, but their families and even the community. I was blind for seven years, and when I arrived for the first time, I fell on the way at night. I could not see. The day after the surgery, when the doctor took the bandage off, I get my eyes shut. I prayed, and the doctor said, Count here. I said two fingers, then three. I wanted to jump. So it is true that God can make the eyes see again. Truly, I thank God. 
Bless Dr. Samadu. Hanash was rare in that he managed to overcome the arduous journey and find the financial means to come to Infondo. But for most people in Congo, it is simply too hard to make the journey. After all, more than half of them live in absolute poverty on less than one US dollar a day. So while we celebrate all that we have been able to do together, the longer we're in Congo, the more we realize just how big and desperate the needs are, not just for our region, but for the whole country. We started thinking, how can we be more accessible to help more people? Newsite always partners with local communities to better understand their needs and situation. The authorities asked if we would open an eye hospital in a city called Wesso. After many months of research and meetings with government and health leaders, we took a deep breath and said, yes. Wesso is a regional capital of Congo. It was chosen because of its strategic location to serve the entire country of Congo as well as the neighbouring countries of Cameroon and Central African Republic. In November 2016, Newsite completed the purchase of a six-hectare piece of land five minutes from the city centre. The new hospital will house outpatient and inpatient departments, surgical unit, optical store and workshop, pharmacy, training centre, as well as infrastructure such as electricity, water, incineration and internet. The estimated budget for the construction and fitting of the new hospital is 5 million US dollars. This hospital will provide a strong base for new site to grow its impact as it continues to train and empower the community. The progress made so far has been extraordinary. For example, the government donated part of the land. An engineer with vast experience in African medical construction is helping new site pro bono. The support has been incredible. Some days I think to myself, why would we want to put our family through this? And it always comes back to this. It's not that we have to do this, but that we get to do this. To be able to help someone see is so humbling and such an honor. We simply cannot do what we do without supporters like you. We need you to help us realize this incredible vision. We are so thankful to everyone who has given of their time, efforts, money, and skills. We can't wait to see what more we can do together. So, when I first saw this figure <laughs> of raising five million, five, US five million dollars, it took me about, when I first heard it, I fell off the chair. I really did. And then it took me about two months to actually be able to say it, and even now I stutter when I say it, because it's a huge amount of money uh, to me. It's not to God, but it is to me. Um, and, you know, so far it really is, you know, we, while we have so many amazing volunteers, um, we don't have any paid staff in Hong Kong. Um, and basically running the hospital, the um, charity, um, the homeschool, living in quite inconvenient kind of way of living, it's just really Henri and I. Um, so I just thought, wow, this is really, really big. And we started trying to trim the vision um, just make it more digestible uh, and not to get carried away. Um, but then God spoke really clearly to us that don't shrink the size of the vision based on what you have or what you need. Because when Jesus fed the 5,000, what did he have? He had how many loaves? Five loaves and two fish. And how many baskets did he have left? Twelve. But then later on, there was another similar story, and he had seven loaves and seven fish, I think. 
getting grim. Is that right, Pastor? Seven loaves, seven fish. And he had to feed 4,000 people. So he had more to start with, but less need. But he only had seven baskets left. So even when we have less to start with and we have more that we need, the miracle is actually bigger. And so we believe that God is doing something really incredible. Do I have doubts? Yes, every single day. Do I want to give up? Yes, every single day. But I've learned just don't do it. It's okay to feel like giving up. Just don't do it. And just keep our eyes on God because he's the CEO. And if he wants to do this project, then he'll make it happen. And so we just want to thank you so much uh, for taking this time to hear our hearts. Please really do stay behind and chat with us. God is so good. And we just want to show him off all the time. And uh, we want you to know that all that you see that you you see that you feel is a good thing. Know that it's because of God and it's because of you. I start definitely not because of Andre and I. It's in spite of us because we know that we are so weak and we make so many mistakes. But God's grace is more than enough. Thank you.